0: Well, today on the Company of One podcast, we're going to talk about quitting. (laughs) Yeah, what kind of things should you be quitting? Welcome to Company of One. This is Dale Callahan. I'm your host. And this is the podcast where we look at how you operate as a business of you, taking care of that business of you, helping you to grow your income, having more impact, and mostly doing the work that you love. So welcome and welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome for the first time. Uh, This is being recorded uh, in early December of 2020, right? Crazy year for many people. Many people are saying this is an awful year as I look at social media and everything. And I know uh, some of you have had uh, challenging uh, income issues. Uh, Of course, there's been some challenging health issues probably for some. Um, The... um, But, you know, it's kind of weird how many people say it's been an awful year, when for a lot of people, it's been a banner year. Uh, And even some of the people that have had challenges, I was on the call with a coaching client uh, yesterday who has had some challenges. Both he and his wife got furloughed at the same time, and yet that was the inspiration that took them to start two businesses which are now growing. Uh, even though he's back off of furlough and he's back, you know, at work, uh, she's not. She her business went full bore, so it's one of those things that it creates new opportunity in things. And maybe that's a uh, you know uh, rose colored glasses kind of view, and maybe you want to debate that. But that's essentially where we are in this uh, in this year. It's really what's your outlook. So this client yesterday is a person like me of faith. He trusted God with it. There's a verse in Isaiah 9. Look at the beginning of Isaiah 9, talking about the darkness and the gloom. And yet, in the point of darkness, there's the light of Christ. That's what the verse is alluding to, and uh, if, if you study it a little bit, the first couple of verses of Isaiah 9. So it's where do you put your trust? All right, so this client of mine had put his trust in Christ And uh, and even though it was a difficult time for him for a job, and let's face it, jobs are a big deal, income is a big deal, Uh, it's not the end of the world for most people, um, but it's been devastating for many. But where are the opportunities coming from? So as we move into 2021, if you're depending on when you're listening to this, but as we move into 2021... I've been thinking a lot, uh, partly because some of the stuff that we've been using from a marketing perspective and marketing uh, some of our business activities has been forcing us to ask questions of what should we stop doing? What should we stop doing? How do we determine what is effective and what is not effective? And that's what I wanted to... I keep running into that what should we stop question, because usually I'm the person asking what else should we be doing? And probably so are you, right? What else should I be doing? What should I add? So I want to just take a minute, and let's just jump into, what should you stop doing? All right, so let's just jump into that topic. Uh, and I really what I'm really wanting to do here is just challenge your thinking. And let me give you a resource. Um, the, the book, uh, I think it's by Henry Cloud, is Necessary Endings. The employees, businesses, and relationships that all of us have to give up in order to move forward. When I read that title the first time, I was thinking, man, i got to read this book. And it is, uh, if you know anything about Henry Cloud, um, the one of the authors of The Boundaries. Um, it's an awesome read. And it really makes you think. And that's part of the... Um, Inspiration for what we're talking about right now. So what I want to think about is we're in you and I, I have no doubt, because every single client I talk to right now, client, prospective client, past client, has the same issue, and it's time. They'll call it time management, but it's overwhelm, it's time management, it's running out of time. It's too much to do. They, you know, they word it all kinds of different ways. Do you have that problem? Think about it. Are you overwhelmed? Are you running right now, listening to this in the car, running after activities? Or are you uh, in running through an airport, which fewer, fewer of us are doing? Are, you know, are you running through an airport trying to get somewhere? Are you just running or out walking, taking a break, trying to get away from the insanity? Do you find yourself just collapsed with more and more and more and more? And yet, you feel as if I'm not doing enough. People tell me all the time, I'm just running so hard and yet I don't necessarily feel like I'm moving the needle enough. One of the common questions I get it's what else do I need to be doing? And I've started asking this question recently because it's been asked of me. Maybe we should stop, stop asking what else for just a minute and ask instead, what should you quit? And usually when I ask that to a client, it catches their attention because there's, there's something freeing about that, right? When I'm asking that to you right now, what should you quit doing? What's the sense that you have? Are you like, wait a minute, I can quit something? There's a little hope, there's a glimmer in it in you, right? Is is I'm going to free up some time? Now, it, until you start thinking about what do you quit, and then and then it becomes a mental struggle. Well, I, I don't want to give up that, and I can't get quit that, and that's an obligation, and. And, uh, and, and, you, and it it becomes a mental struggle. But I want to challenge you today. Just, just let's think through. And let me help you think through a list of things. Uh, because that is the culture we live in, right? If you live in the United States or any industrialized country, there's this pride of busyness. Busyness is a badge of honor. And we wear it like a badge of honor. And it's insane. It's stupid. Yeah, I just said it. It's stupid. Um, it's It's short-sighted to be busy all the time and to have this as a badge of honor. It is really poor planning. I could put a lot of negatives to it, and I'm looking at myself in the mirror when I say this, right? Is I'm guilty of this, but so are you. Think about it for just a minute. When you tell people, I'm just so busy, or I've got so much going on, or I'm overwhelmed, or I'm running at 900 miles an hour, or... Uh, A friend of mine told me not too long ago, he says, you know, every day I have to show up and give 110%. And and when he said it, I thought, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, Forget the percentage-wise, but you never show up with your A-game every single day. That's inhuman. That's not. It's impossible. I don't care who you are. I don't care whether you're a famous actor or actress or politician or whatever you are. You cannot show up with your A-game every single day. It's impossible. But we wear that as a badge of honor. We want to do that, and that's the culture we live in. So let me just challenge you. Let me let me kind of throw some things out here that maybe you should think about. I'm thinking about them too. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you uh, what we are looking at as my wife Leah and I are goal setting for next year. Uh, And we're setting it with our sons uh, that are still living here with us. And, and, you know, what are some of the things that we need to think about? So number one, and I'm putting this first and foremost because this is so powerful, relationships. Now, Henry Cloud in his book, Necessary Endings, one of the big things he's talking about there is just that, relationships. So I want you to just think for a minute. Just work with me. This sounds negative. Think about the people who bring poison to your life. Now, you may like them. You may love them. But think about the people that are in your life that are taking you away from the person you want to be. The people that you have compromised to be around. The people that you have set aside your goals and objectives for life to be around. Who are those people? Right, they're out there, and you know what I'm talking about, right? I, I mean, classic examples is I see a a lot of women that have compromised their dream of having families and children, and um, just their dreams that they will tell me was their dream at one time and they said, but my dream has changed because I now have a boyfriend who lives with me who doesn't really want to move forward with a relationship and I'm okay with that. And I know and they know they're lying, right? That's a, that's an g- example we all see. We all see it and it could be the reverse, right? It could be a guy that's settled with some girl that he knows is not the right person but there's some level of comfort there and there's a fear of moving out of it that's the classic right we see that all the time that are you are you involved in one of those relationships maybe you have employees working for you or an employer that you work for it's a work relationship that's just not getting you where you want maybe the relationship itself is poison not in the sense that it's comfortable, but in the sense it r- raises your blood pressure. I I have um, I have a friend that was telling me that every time um, she gets around certain people, she gets a migraine or gets a headache, and it moves toward a migraine. And I've actually seen this a lot. You know, there are people that I, I see that people work with. Sometimes they're family relationships, right? Every time you get around this person and you know they're coming to a party or they're coming to an event, and it may be a person in your family, right? And they're coming over for some event, birthday party, you know, whatever it be, and you dread it. You dread seeing them. You end up with physical aches and pains and exhaustions, and something that should be en- enjoyable is not. They could be friends even, right? They may be people that you generally like, but there's something about being around them that does that. So I, it's the, uh, and I mentioned it the other day, Malcolm, I think it's Malcolm Smith is the author of it, the book Triggered. I'll put that in the show notes with that and, and the uh, necessary endings and the show notes at com slash 205, just so you, you, you've got it. Uh, let me make a note to self because I don't think that's in there yet. Triggered. Uh, but but there's uh, he talks in there about an employer or or an executive for a company that every that was a great guy, but every time he got into a meeting with this one person who happened to be controversial. I mean a a, a uh, yeah con, a, a guy that caused controversy. He's a jerk, you know, caused contention from another department, and he just he was that kind of guy. But the, he raised. The blood pressure of this one person to the point he he became intolerable. Now, so if you're sitting there thinking to me, Dell, this is the most unchristian thing you're talking about about judging people. This is so judgmental, and uh, and you may be thinking that I appreciate it. I would probably think it if I was in your in your shoes. Think about it for just a minute. the The reaction that other we are not. We are not unaffected by the people around us. They change who we are. You've probably heard the statement, you become like the five people you hang around. The the people change who we are. Have you ever been around somebody, maybe you don't use a certain bad language, but you get around somebody and you find yourself using it because they do? Or you, you try to watch your diet and exercise and eat healthy, but you get around somebody that, that eats like a pig and really enjoys food, <laughs> over enjoys food, and you find yourself doing what they do. Or somebody who spends frivolously and you don't, you have a budget and you find yourself doing what they do, right? People have an impact on us. So I can watch people that I know that I know well And because of relationships they're in, in particular dating relationships, they change. And sometimes they turn into jerks. So that person that may uh, spike you to do things and cause you to have headaches and things like this, it turns you into a jerk. It turns it. It makes you, and it doesn't make you. That that sounds like I'm putting responsibility on the other person, but it draws out of you something that you don't want to be there, right? Now, you know who I'm talking about. It's, it's somebody for all of us that we just cannot stand being around or, or that causes us discomfort, literal, physical discomfort to be around these people, mm-hmm. Now you may be saying, "Well, Dale, that's really great, but you know what? This is a family member. What do you want me to do?" Yeah, I'm not. I'm not suggesting you don't love people, right? Uh, I mean, the Bible is always talking about. A pastor brought to my mind one time to love one another and to do these things, and he says, "You know, that it never tells you to like them. Love is a action. It's a hard thing, but it doesn't mean it's going to always be enjoyable." Loving your (laughs) enemy—it's not usually enjoyable. Um, It can be, and it can get there, but at the moment, it's not enjoyable. Otherwise, it wouldn't be this command; it wouldn't be tough to do. Right? Even loving the people in your own family—people that you do truly love—is a challenge, right? So, so I'm not suggesting that you don't care for and love and see your family members. I am suggesting that you recognize what you need to stop. If you're in relationships that are taking you away from your goals, you need to really stop and evaluate that. I mean, I see see so many women that have been in these relationships that have basically settled for nothing. Because that relationship's not really fulfilling them at all. They're just—it's just comfort. It's—it's it's the lack of making a decision was making a decision. And granted, they can be hard decisions. I see employers who have people on their team that they like. They generally like, but they know they're the wrong person to be there. They know they're poison to their business. They cause negativity and morale problems, and they they don't make the decision. Dave Ramsey in his book, Entree Leadership, talks about those types of people are poisoned to the rest of your people. And you not taking action poisons your entire team. I'll put that book on the list too. We all need a bunch of, of reading, don't we? Entree, Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Um, and it's something to think about, right? Who are these people in our lives? And just identify them. It doesn't matter if they're a friend, a family member, an employee, or what it is. And, and then you, but you've got to identify who they are. Who's causing grief in your life? Whether you like them and really enjoy their company, and they're dragging you down the wrong place, right? Because because in the end, it's like having a drug addict friend that you love hanging around. They're just fun, but if you keep hanging around them, you too will be a drug addict. You two will be broke and poor and destitute. And you may be happy and enjoying them, but is that what you want from your life? Right. Most of these women that I've talked to uh, that have confessed to me that they, uh, and usually it's because we're talking about money or other things, but they've confessed to me that they're just in this relationship and it's negative and they enjoy this person, but it's not who they want to be. And they don't know how to walk away. They don't know how to go. To, and it's, it's not a matter of financial ties or, you know, some you know, abusive thing. It's a matter of it's just hard to do. It takes guts to do it. And it's funny because some of these women that have told me this, and I find it more with women than guys, but I'm sure it's more the other way. But uh, I'm sure it's both ways. But these women always act as if they're strong women. I'm just a strong woman, and I can put up with this. I'm thinking, no, you're not. <laughs> because if you're a strong woman, you wouldn't. Right? You're lying to yourself. But that's true of all of us, right? What kind of relationships are you in, people that you've worked with, and you feel like, I've just got to be stronger and tougher when I'm around them? That's not really the right plan. That gives you more to do to manage a relationship. So... Yes, some people you're not going to be able to totally get away from. The book Necessary Endings, he talks about that. You're not going to be able to totally get away from, but you start to manage it. So in the book Triggered, he talks about this one guy. He couldn't get totally away from this relationship with this um, confrontational co-worker. So he had to learn how to get his brain and his psyche up and manage it because the other guy was managing him unintentionally. Some people, though, you're just going to have to walk away from. I mean, and walk away from and say, you know, it's nice knowing you. And that can be the most loving thing you can do to somebody. Because you know what? If they're bad for you, you're probably bad for them. You may not realize you're bringing that friend into the same behavior that you are in. You are caught in this codependence. And this relationship is not productive. So I just want to, I'm just, I'm, I'm not stick with the relationships here too much, but that's such a powerful one that you and I need to be asking that one. Who is it that we're hanging around that's causing us grief and how do we manage that? And maybe more importantly, or maybe on a more optimistic, what relationships do I want? You may not know who the people are. You may not know that, but what relationships do I want? I was I was with um, uh, one of my clients, and, you know, this is a work relationship client. We're talking about business and growing her income. But her, she was telling me about all this, that she was in this negative relationship with this guy. I'm sure she loved him and all these crazy things, you know, um, and, and they were living together. And she just, she realized and she was just telling me. She said, I just realized this is not who I want to be. I had goals for my life to be married, to have a family, and this is a nice guy. But he's not who I wanted. It's not who I wanted. So I walked away. And she said, and then, and what was so weird, I walked away and decided I was going to be with nobody. It was better to be alone than to be drugged into that. And it wasn't much long after she, you know, meets Mr. Wright, I guess, you know, and she's she was getting married at the time I'm talking to her and telling me that what was so hard for her was to walk away. But she had in her mind who Mr. Wright was or, you know, whatever those kind of things. I'm sure she probably had some kind of list. She probably took it in a Cosmo magazine, right? But she uh, she had some kind of thing in her mind about what she wanted. So think about that, what relationships do you want? It may not be those kind, it may be a business relationship, it may be friendships. What do you want? What kind of friends do you want? What kind of relationships do you want? Because remember, the people you hang around are going to be, the traits they have, are going to be the traits that we tend to have. Right, so from all kinds of levels. So think about that relationships. Think about what do you need to quit? Second thing is habits. Now I could I could say maybe instead of the habits, for number two, routines. What routines are you in? Because routines sounds so much less uh, challenging than the word habits, right? But it's the same thing. But let's talk about routines. What routines do you have that are just destructive? So there was a there's a guy. Um, a client of mine, and and I ran into him, and he was never like heavy, heavyweight, but he was a guy that was always a little overweight, and I ran into him, and he he was no longer overweight, seemed like he was in great shape. I was like, wow, what did you do? Did you get, you know, go into a weight loss thing, and did you do, and and he said, no, he said, you know, I just used to drink whiskey every night, and I decided to quit. And he 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 was just telling me we had this little casual conversation. He says, you know, you just don't realize the routine. I was in this routine, got whiskey, you know, snack a little bit, sit there watch TV. And he said, so I had to figure out what would get me away from the whiskey because I just I just decided it wasn't you know spending money on it. It's not really what I wanted to do. It wasn't enjoyable anymore. It became a routine and a habit. And and he said, so I started going for a walk. So two things he changed. He quit doing that one routine and, car, and, and started a new one. A walk not at the same time, not at nighttime. I don't think. But um, he said, "But because I because I broke that one thing in the routine, my nighttime eating went, has gone down." I mean, he's not. He's it, it wasn't this big giant plan. He said, "I didn't even plan to lose weight. I just got tired of that habit and I stopped it." And, and because he did one little thing that broke up the routine. Right. And so often that's what it is. If you, if you talk to these people who, if you read these books about habits and things, uh, they talk about what are the things that trigger the activities. You know, what is it that triggers things, uh, uh, you, you know, that triggers your activities to do things. You know, what are your routines? So think about your day from the time you get up to go to bed. What are the things you're constantly complaining about that you wish? I sure wish I could get up on time. I sure wish I could get up early. I'm a, I'm a part of the Miracle Morning, if you're familiar with the Miracle Morning book. I think about Hal Elrod, and he talks about the um, the savers' activities. But it, it, the main thing is it's it's creating a morning routine, and you hear this all the time. There's lots of people that talk about that. Uh, but one of the things is, is establishing a morning routine kind of sets the day in motion and and you start to think more intentionally about your routine and a lot of people in, in at least in that community I think the whole idea is to get up at 5 a.m not everybody does it but you get up at 5 a.m well that changes so much if you can pull that off right for a lot of people who go to bed at midnight right getting up at five is tough um, so but think about the habits you have and and they're not all so negative, right? It's not like I'm overeating or uh, you know. But just think about your routine. You know, how do you drive to work? How do you how do you go and show up on your Zoom meetings? What do you look like? What do you dress like? How do you act like on the meetings? Would well, just think day to day what are you doing in your routines? That's an important one. Because there's so much there to unpack, right? So I'm going to skip over that one a little bit and just move to the third, is what are the activities? And more important than the routines, the routines are the kind of things we do almost automatically, but the activities, because this one's a big one. This is number three, is the activities. What activities are not getting you results? This is the one that uh, has caught my attention really, really lately, is the activities that are causing me they're not causing me to uh, not move the needle, but they're not moving the needle. So for instance, I am a, what is the name of this book? It's called Get Clients Now. I'll put a link to this now because, you know, there's not enough books on there. But the book is Get Clients Now. It's about marketing and small businesses, uh, especially service, uh, service businesses. Uh, and it's just an interesting book, but the, the lady who wrote the book, CJ, and she's saying that, a lot of people when they do in marketing for small businesses they try to do more and more and more and more and more and what she tries to get them to do is think about what what's not working and she gets that she asked them the question what are the things where are your clients currently coming from what activities are you doing that bring the clients just because we in the if you and if you own a small business or if you're thinking about it you know what I mean uh, you, you, and it, well, if you're thinking about it, you don't realize how bad this is. But you think, well, I need to do a website, I probably need to do social media, I might need to do a podcast or YouTube video, I probably need um, you know, some brochures, I probably need to do some networking events. And you, you, you make up this list of things and you're kind of excited about it when you start, right? Uh, I work with business startups all the time and they get excited about their marketing activities. And you don't realize how overwhelming what I just even if you outsource all that, how overwhelming what I just said was. That's a heavy lift. Everything I said right there is a heavy lift. And she was pointing out, you know, but for like if you're a CPA, for instance, she says, does having a website and a social media presence move the needle? It might. It's okay, experiment with it, but it's probably that's not where the needle moves. Probably what brings in clients from CPAs for CPAs is relationships with attorneys and, and, and networking around your local businesses. You know, there's probably a couple of activities, the point is, that actually work and everything else is busy work. You remember that term, and we used to do it in school, right? Matter of fact, the educational system taught us to do busy work. Just stay busy. Go home and do these 500 math problems, right? Uh, and, uh, but they're not getting results, Right? How many times do you need to add two plus two before, you know what? I think I can add. I I watch kids the way we teach our kids to 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 do to remember their multiplication tables, and is that important? I don't think so personally. You can disagree with me, but who cares? right? I mean, yeah, I probably need to be able to remember two times two and those kind of things, but who the heck cares? If you ask me, I'm an, I'm an engineer with a PhD in engineering and people will say, well, what's, what's nine times eight. I will have to stop and think about that. I probably will have to figure it out in my head. I don't know that intentionally. Maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe I'm a terrible engineer because of that, but you know what? It really hasn't held me back. Um, so, I mean, the whole, we're a homeschooling family, and we watch what goes on in the homeschooling world, and a lot of the educational system doesn't really make sense. It's busy work. Um, so think about the work activities that you're doing that are not getting results. I'm, con, I'm right now analyzing workouts. I've been doing this workout activity. That's There's one thing in there I dread doing. I hate doing it. It's hard, but it's the time-consumingness. And, and all of my workouts, just so blooming time-consuming all day long. And I'm sitting here thinking, what? Am, and my wife asked me this, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm trying to get in better shape. And she's like, is it working? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to go run a marathon or something, uh, which would be a more specific goal. I don't know. So I started really looking at that. What workouts am I doing? Are they the most effective thing I can be doing? What marketing activities am I doing for my business? What things are you doing at work? Even think about your work life, right? What things do you do on the job every day? Make a list of all those things. What's not moving the needle? What meetings are you going to that are just totally non-productive? What... Emails do you need to get off of? You, uh, you know, what nighttime habits, you know, we're talking about the guy that was before, you know, what nighttime habits do you have that are totally unproductive, that's not getting you anywhere? For a lot of people, it's going home, turning on the television and watching one or two things, the news or <laughs> these days, some kind of reality show. All right? What's not moving the needle? So think about the activities that you need to stop. Now, by the way, me even saying this, this becomes another activity, right? But I'm just saying, analyze yourself here and think about what you need to stop. Let me throw a couple others at you that, that these two are more for me. And these probably fall in the activities category, but I'm, I've listed them separately. Social media. Uh, we're in a social media world. And, and, and if you know me, you don't see me on social media a whole lot. I'm out there and I do some things and I have some people that do some things for me, but not a lot. It's not a big push for us. Um, <clears throat> when I get on social media, I get drugged into watching the Facebook or the Twitter feed or the Gab or these, these various feeds that I'm on, which is more than I can count. And um, it makes me mad. I mean, people on social media are the ugliest, stupidest people in the world and probably – You might think I'm one of them, right? Because if you disagree with my opinion, our natural reaction is stupid. But have you noticed we're all experts in medicine? We're all experts in politics. Uh, People will go on there, talk about something about science, you know, and I have all these years in science study and engineering, and I know how research works. And it's funny how people who have no knowledge of that stuff are experts and will quote to you stuff I don't get in arguments with. I'm just watching what they're saying. I'm like, you don't know. What you're talking about. I hear people all the time today because science, that's how science works. And they don't even know what the heck they're talking about. I, I should shut up here. But you, uh, I, I see the same thing with business. I see the same thing with weight, with exercise and fitness. Everybody has an opinion, and that's cool. That's We're normal. We're human. But we get so authoritative and angry argumentative on Facebook and Twitter and these kind of things. And, and God, don't even go down the politics path. Right. And it makes me mad. And what I'm thinking is, why am I here? What am I? Who's to blame that it makes me? It's not your fault if you post hateful stuff that I'm mad about it. It's mine. What am I doing here? What am I getting out of this? I mean, I'm, I do some things on Facebook with some of the groups that I'm in, and I do some things on LinkedIn. Um, fortunately, LinkedIn's not as bad yet. But, uh, you know, I, I, so what I need to do, what I've got to quit doing, i got to find a way, in my case, is to stick with the groups I'm in and stay away from the main feeds. And I'm sure there's probably a tool I can use in social media. I don't know. Facebook probably don't want me doing that. But... Uh, I'm sure there's some things to do. But it, it, the point is I need to just be intentional. What do I need to stop doing because it it causes me grief for no reason at all. There's no productivity. I haven't learned anything. Uh, there's not new information that I needed to know, nothing. And I'm going to add to this list watching and listening to the news. Somebody told me not long ago that, the, you know, that one. I think it was in the book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I'm not sure, but he's um, talking about the fact that we get in the car and we tend to listen to talk radio, whether it's sports or whatever, uh, or we listen to music, you know, and we, we're missing opportunities to learn. I, I tend to listen to podcasts now or books on tape or Kindle, I guess, not Kindle, but um, whatever the heck it is, Audible. Um but there's no news anymore. I think we all can agree with that. You know, there's there's only opinions, and you agree with or you hate, uh, and and they generally don't say anything. They repeat a whole bunch of the same things, whether it's Fox or CNN or whoever the heck it is. Even the local news stations, all they do is is spill out propaganda, and the same propaganda on everyone. If you ever watch CNN or Fox or a couple of the others, MSNBC, and you watch them as they go from show to show to show, they just repeat each other. They all tell the same story with probably even the same guest. They're talk shows, right? And they're, they're commentaries. We all know that, right? But I'm like, what value is it? I'm not learning anything. Um, if I agree with them, it's mildly entertaining, but I don't have anything actionable I can do with it. So you can hate the president. Well, you can love the president either way there's nothing actionable for me to do here right for the most part for most of us the president doesn't i mean i'm all for fighting for the country and those kind of things but what the president does or the congress does or those things doesn't affect us day to day and it's not going to move the needle for our business i'm all for fighting for what you believe in and voting and all of those kind of things. But, but I don't need that much information and that much of this stuff. So for me, what I'm doing right now, so just to say I'm practicing what I'm preaching, we're evaluating in the goals what relationships we have, what things trigger us, what things do we want in relationships, what routines am I doing that I want to change, what activities that are not getting results. I'm throwing away marketing activities. I'm changing workout routines, um, you know, and all this doesn't happen overnight, right? Because it becomes another activity. But there are some things I just cold turkey quit. And some of the social media stuff is done. I, I figured some of it out and some of it I haven't, but I'm going to. Uh, the news, that's easy. It's done. Who the heck wants to hear it anyway? The question to you is, what should you quit doing? Your list may be wildly different than mine. You may totally disagree with me on everything I've said, but yet there's things that you should quit doing. Probably you're thinking, maybe I should quit listening to the company of one. (laughs) I hope not. But you know what? We all have choices to make, right? But thinking about what are the things you should quit doing, because they're not, not because The people are evil, not because information is evil, not because there's not some enjoyment factor, because it's not getting you what you want to get. And you're not living the life you want to live by doing these things. Because you're going to add some things this year. That's human nature. We're going to add some things we want to do. Create the margin to quit doing some things so you can maybe add back the more important things. All right, we will cap it there. Again, this is going to be at dellcallahan.com slash uh, 205. I will put the show notes, these these links to these a couple of books I've hit mostly uh, for you to think about. And uh, I think there's a, there's a past podcast episode where we dove into specifically some of the racial relationship issues. Um, anyway, we're going to cap it here. Great. Uh, thank you so much for being here, and we'll talk to you next week.